Before we get to the show, I wanted to tell you about a new podcast that we just launched here at Vox. It's called Video Drone. It's a show about the power of television, hosted by Vox's critic at large, Todd Vanderwerf. So check out the first episode about the West Wing today. Subscribe for free on Apple Podcasts or in your favorite podcast app to get new episodes as they're released. Long live the new flesh. I took one political science class. I got a C. <laughs> Hello, welcome to another episode of The Weeds on the Vox Media Podcast Network. I'm Matthew Iglesias, here with Jane Coaston and Dara Lind. And uh, I've been I've been trying for weeks to get people to talk about Joe Biden. Because he's the front runner. He doesn't, he doesn't really, really have, have policies, policies to analyze as of yet. No, because he does not. Yeah. We are living in but a. But we have finally, finally found a sufficiently weedsy angle on Joe Biden. Yes. Joe Biden says that we're going to look back on these four years as an aberrant time in American history. Dr. Martin Luther King, the apostle of nonviolence in the civil rights movement, has been shot to death in Memphis, Tennessee. Days after a New York City grand jury cleared a white police officer in the chokehold death of an unarmed black man, the protests are growing larger and spreading across the country, including Boston and Chicago. And now another New York car bomb exploded outside of a large federal building in downtown Oklahoma City, shattering that building, killing children, killing federal employees, military men. We can stop turning our heads away. We can look at you in the eye and finally say on behalf of the American people, what the United States government did was shameful. Our statues, the soaring edifice of our times, detracted from the ways of the wise. The future will view all history as a crime. So, Father, tell us when is the time to rise? They crown the But that if Trump gets another four years, it could fundamentally change the the trajectory of the country. And what was interesting to me about this is that there was a very widespread backlash to this claim. I was straining to find a positive column from any quarter. This is a good lie to win over swing voters. So I think it's worth kind of 
putting this in the context of a fundamental war over what the meaning of America is, and whoever you elect, even if they're elected president, is going to have to continue to fight this generational war. I especially, um, in Biden's announcements video, he also made a lot of references to what happened at the Unite the Right rally in Charlottesville, in which a young woman, Heather Heyer, was murdered uh, by a a activist. And it's interesting because I think the entire understanding of that, like, well, things like this didn't happen before Trump. People on the left were very critical of this statement, in part because it doesn't comport with left-wing ideology, but also in part, as Derek was saying, the opposite, right? Like, left-wing Democrats don't like Joe Biden. So whatever it is Joe Biden says, (laughs) they're going to say they disagree with. Um, But we must take back the streets. It doesn't matter whether or not the person that is accosting your son or daughter or my son or daughter, my wife, your husband, my mother, your parents. It doesn't matter whether or not they were deprived as a youth. It doesn't matter or not whether or not they had no background that enabled them to have to uh, become uh, uh, social, uh, become socialized into the fabric of society. It doesn't matter whether or not they're the victims of society. We have predators on our streets. The end result is they're about to knock my mother on the head with a lead pipe, shoot my sister, beat up my wife, take on my sons. They must be taken off the street. That's number one. There's a consensus on that. Unless we do something about that cadre of young people Tens of thousands of them. Born out of wedlock, without parents, without supervision, without any structure, without any conscience developing, because they literally, I yield myself three more minutes. We have predators on our streets. We should focus on them now. If we don't, they will, or a portion of them will, become the predators. 15 years from now. They are beyond the pale, many of those people. Beyond the pale. And it's a sad commentary on society. We have no choice but to take them out of society. And the truth is, we don't very well know how to rehabilitate them at that point. That's the sad truth. We have predators on our streets. But I feel like Biden's campaign has revealed a number of seams between the kind of intellectual leaders of progressive politics in America, meaning broadly, like like everyone from Pod Save America to Jacobin magazine and the reality of Democratic voters. And this to me is one of them. It's like you have to think about politics really hard to not just immediately agree with the proposition that Donald Trump is an aberration. I took one political science class. I got a C. <laughs> um, but then there's the kind of ideological argument that the, the Jacobinites are making, that kind, that the leftist intellectuals are making, which is not solely about race, but I think race is a very easy lens to put on it, right? Like, for a long time, there's been this argument put forward by elements of the left that no that the entire conservative agenda is more like it's being placed in a non-racial way it's talking about small government it's talking about fiscal responsibility but that it is a natural extension of the kind of Lee Atwater politics of 50 years ago and that Donald Trump is just making that subtext text I think and that, that it's important that, that, not to split subtext and text whoa we don't fucking care <laughs> And so I think that that's the thing that I feel like Biden is responding to is 
I think for a lot of people, there's a sense that Biden is like this return to stasis that I recognize that for a lot of people um, on the left, it's kind of like, no. Another aspect of the critique, though, is a sort of critique of the um, poetry of Americana, right? Mm -hmm. That I I was raised in a kind of leftist household. And I would not describe what that was like or what it meant in terms of any particular public policy ideas that my mom or dad had. I would describe it in terms of a lot of pushback against conventional narratives of American history. And so, like, the point of Howard Zinn's book is just that, like, Coming straight from the underground A young nigga got it back cause I'm brown And not the other color so police think They have the authority to kill a minority Fuck that shit cause I ain't the one For a punk motherfucker with a badge and a gun to be beaten on And thrown in jail we can go toe to toe in the middle of a cell Fucking with me cause I'm a teenager With a little bit of gold and a pager Searching my car looking for the product Thinking every nigga is selling narcotics you rather see me in the pen than me and Lorenzo rolling in a benzo. Be the police out of shape and when I finish, bring the yellow tanks. Like every person who has ever won an election, as far as I am aware, wins an election by talking about how America has overcome its challenges and appealing to the better angels of our nature and the high aspirations of founding principles and blah, blah, blah. We have predators on our streets. But like a big thing among left-wing intellectuals is that like... All of this is wrong. And that like... Actually, American history is soaked in bloodshed and racism. (laughs) Biden's invocation of that Charlottesville thing, it's the purest form of this kind of like kitsch Americana. Predators on our streets. It's very tempting to point to, you know, the kind of explicit statements that Lee Atwater made about like, well, you can't say black, so you say welfare, that kind of thing, to talk about how the partisan debate we were having four years ago, where the fundamental question was the size of government and not for whom and against whom that government was being weaponized. Yes, that debate does have intellectual roots in racial politics. But it was not an explicitly racial debate. We have predators on our streets. I think it's kind of important to distinguish what has America been in the past with what do we consider it okay to talk about in the present? What are the bounds of acceptable political debate? And in that regard, maybe it's not wrong to consider Donald Trump to be aberrational compared to Mitch McConnell. I, I think that, you know, there's been a lot of conversation about kind of the moving of the Overton window yeah. and this idea, this idea that like more, th- it's not necessarily acceptable because you'll notice that racists tend to couch their views with like racial realism or just really wanting, getting very pent up about how no one will listen to their arguments and then, but then their arguments are about like race and IQ. But I also think that there's something to be said for how something can be both factually true and politically false. Something can be both factually true and politically false. Something Something can be both both factually true and politically false. And that is America. Predator. Everybody knows that the days are loaded. Everybody rolls with their fingers crossed. Everybody knows the war is over. Everybody knows the good guys.
is lost Everybody knows the fight was fixed The poor stay poor, the rich get rich That's how it goes Everybody knows Everybody knows that the boat is leaking Everybody knows the captain lied Everybody got this broken feeling Like their father or their dog just died Everybody talking to their pockets Everybody wants a box of chocolates And a long stem rose Everybody knows Patron.com slash Leftendo. Patron.com slash Leftendo. Patron.com slash Leftendo. Art is pain.